Hi, welcome to the Berry Nation podcast, where we support the bariatric community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April. And I'm Jason. Miss Natalie is on a vacation while we're recording this, and we hope she's having a fabulous time. But joining us is one of our most favorite humans on the planet, our friend Rob. Hi, Rob. Hi, everyone. How's everyone doing tonight? Oh, you know, just just talking about all things tracking and why we love Hayden. <laughs> Yeah, of course. You know, it's it's March Madness. It's that time of year for a lot of us where we're starting to see spring. We're starting to think about the beach season. And we're also thinking of, wow, what a long winter. So, you know, there's nothing we want to do better during this time of transition than to track data. Have you ever wished you had a dedicated bariatric buddy to help guide you along your weight loss journey? Well, guess what? You can find that person. Patient Partner connects pre-op bariatric patients to vetted post-op bariatric patients who help and encourage each other along the way. Patient Partner helps you feel more empowered, prepared, and supported through your surgery by connecting you to a community of recovered patients so you can move forward with confidence. Click the link in our Instagram bio to learn how you can take advantage of this free service and follow Patient Partner at patient underscore partner. We, we want to let our listeners and our and our watchers know we are going to be talking about tracking today. So if that is triggering for you, or if it brings up some really negative thoughts or emotions, this might be an episode that you want to want to skip because we understand that tracking and disordered eating can go hand in hand for a lot of members of our community. Uh, but for Jason, Rob, and I, tracking is a tool that we have used, or in my case, I have moved away from and regret that. <laughs> So the, the, the purpose of today's conversation is to deep dive into all things tracking. And every time I hear it, Rob, what you just said sometimes takes me back to work. Rob and I are both teachers. And I think, Jason, you have to do this too. We live and die by data, right? Data, date, like we have entire weeks, entire days, like the entire school year can be dedicated to data. And when you hear that word, I just want to punch walls. Every time I'm like, oh my God, I have to hear data one more time. But in our personal lives, it can really be something different. And, and I'm trying to get to the place where I do not fear and loathe tracking. And we know that you, my friend, uh, are like skilled ninja master in this area of your bariatric life. So we are so, so excited to talk to you today about really how you have come to this like woosaw place with your tracking. Um, and what you did to get there. And we also know, because you're public about this, you're not perfect, right? Some days you miss, some weeks you miss, like things happen. So, you know, we really want to pick your brain about like how you kind of get back to on the tracking wagon when you have kind of stepped away from it, right? When, when you fall it off of it. So, okay, but before we deep dive into our conversation today, will you just take a moment, Rob, and introduce yourself to like our friends and listeners and watchers that don't know you yet? everyone. I'm Rob. Uh, I'm your friendly VSG man uh, at uh, Instagram with my weirdest history. Um, I'm just a dude. I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV. I'm literally just a guy who had weight loss surgery and is trying to figure this out uh, every day. Um, I've been so grateful. Uh, when I first started my Instagram account, there was almost no men in the community. So even finding them was a big deal for me. Uh, there was almost no online supports. Uh, so one of the first ones I found was back when this was East to West, and I was just amazed that we found people. Uh, and for those of you who remember those good old days, I used to do this on the treadmill. Uh, and when the 
virtual support groups would come, you would see me on the treadmill clipping. And then you could tell when a point really resonated home with me because I'd fall off the treadmill. But it was always a, a pure joy. People would come in and listen, you know, partially because we had such great speakers and so many good content people. But the other question was, will Rob survive another uh, virtual meetup? So that's a little bit how I started. Uh, I had surgery back in uh, June of 2020. Uh, so I'm coming up on two years. And uh, one of the main things that's always stuck with me was um, when Dr. Laura Grubeau said on one of the podcasts is that for the first seven years of weight loss surgery, you have more than a double digit chance of uh, regaining the weight. So I've really committed not just myself, uh, but for as many men and women in the community to have some sort of goal, some sort of drive for their first seven years and for living a healthy lifestyle beyond. So uh, I don't know if I answered that question, but I sure did talk a lot. So. You answered it beautifully, my friend. Yes. Yeah. And I remember that was actually Wendy Rawlings. So Wendy Rawlings is my bariatric therapist. Wide right on told, my part. Good. Right? No. When she told me that in the session, I thought I was going, like, I've never walked out of a therapy session. I was like Jason on his surgery day. I was like, I am so out of here. Forget you. You don't know what you're talking. Like, I was so angry. Because I was like, are you kidding me? Seven years. We have to wait that we have to be successful from seven years post-op. And I was like, oh my God, I just can't do this. And I think one of the very next things that she said to me is, well, you kind of don't have a choice now. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to stab your eyes out. <laughs> and I, I think it's one of those, uh, just to give a background, I was a, a Philly public teacher for 10 years. So seven years I can do standing on my head. Uh, you know, it's one of those things though that, I look at each day through this process of how am I going to get to that goal? How am I going to make sure I'm moving in the right direction? And for me, it's how am I going to figure out where I'm going and what I'm doing and how am I making sure I'm being successful on a daily basis? And one of the things that really helped me with that was through tracking. So for me, uh, when I started, I was about 365 pounds when I started the whole process. Uh, and the first thing I did is I told myself I wasn't going to do this again. This was going to be different than every other time. And I think a problem that um, everyone who has weight loss surgery is we're expert dieters. We've tried every diet under the sun. Yeah, Atkins, Weight Watchers, uh, Jenny Craig, you name it. I've probably done some version of it, some soup diets and everything else uh, possible. And the only thing that it does is it breaks the uh, wallet and it breaks uh, parts of myself every time I do it. So the only thing I wanted it to do, though, was kind of break the scale. And I said, you know what, from now on, I'm not doing this. Every time I did it, it would be like, I'm going to eat boiled chicken breast, uh, half a cup of broccoli, uh, you know, and some diet air on the side uh, to wash it all down. And this time I told myself, you know what, it's, it's too much, too little, and it would cause a binge uh, when I restricted to that level. So I said, how much am I going to eat uh, right now to figure everything else? And when I did the math, I was eating about 3,500 calories a day and then 6,500 calories on the weekend, which meant I would hit about 33,500 calories. So to go from you know 33,500 calories to just 14,000, that, that's a huge step. No one can do that. So for me, it was slowly using tracking to figure out everything from how am I going to live, how am I going to give, and how am I going to exercise uh, all through dehumanizing uh, the experience of eating and really like looking at food as a number. You said two really interesting things. The first one was about how, like, every time you did a diet, it kind of took a piece of you. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Beyond resonating. 
I, I have every diet merit badge under the sun. If I had a sash, I could fill that thing of every single type of juice cleanse, um, protein bar, Atkins cleanse, uh, you name it, I've tried it and failed on it. So uh, I just, I wanted this weight loss surgery to be different. So I committed myself to doing things totally different than any other time I'd done it before. Well, and that is almost, I mean, it, it is what is required. I mean, Jason, we've been talking about this extensively really this month and just kind of in the past, right? Like I'm two and a half years, Jason's getting close to two, two years, right? I just passed two, yeah. Oh yeah, you just passed two. Yeah, right? So all of a sudden it gets really hard and that old desire to kind of not do it anymore is strong and we know what that feels like because we've done it so many times but it's you know for, i think for jason and i both i mean jason you know you committed to not like you this was this was it this was there was no going back from this you committed to this this was there there was no other option for you right right yeah well and especially at the time like with my with my age and my weight my doctor told me he's like well you know the only option for you is the sleeve um, we'll get the sleeve on you. We'll get some of the weight off. And if you decide later, if you don't lose enough, we'll do a revision and you can go to bypass at that point. That's all I'm starting. I was like, you get one crack at me, doc. Like, we're not going to do this. I'm not going to keep on the perpetual wheel of let's just do other things and other things to keep losing the weight because I, I need to commit to, you know, much like Rob said, I need to commit to this because this is a drastic step in itself. Like this is, this is where the, the train ends. Like, so coming at this a completely different way, much like what Rob said it is, is kind of how I looked at it because this isn't a diet. This is not the, you know, I'm not selling myself to think that I'm going to change my lifestyle and just jump back and in jump into the gym seven days a week because I never did that before. I never ate healthy before. So just assuming that I'm going to pop out of surgery on the other side and go, well, clean eating in gym seven days a week for me. Like, well, this is just how the life's going to be now. And to do that would be to set myself up for failure because I've never done that before. So I have to build these healthy habits from the get-go and doing that requires some tracking. Like it's not going to have to be a forever thing. I'm not going to be a slave to pencil and paper for the rest of my life or an app or whatever it may be. It, if I don't want to be, if it's something that helps me in collecting the data and crunching the numbers, keeps me focused and keeps me dialed in, which I know it does for a large faction of our community, then fantastic. At least you have a way to collect the data in a way that's healthy for you and gets you moving down the right direction or keeps you on the right direction. Now, for those of you that aren't, you know, there's healthier ways for yourself to be able to do it and still get that data in a way that's going to help you because you can't you can't put a plan together without enough necessary data to know where your weak spots are where your strong spots are where maybe you're overcompensating in a certain area and you need to back it down there's so many variables to this that are different from protein water vitamins and those are the three things we got shipped out of our surgeon's office with and that's not how you live the rest of your life. It's not just hit, hit your, you know, 80 grams of protein, make sure you toss a couple of vitamins down and hit that water goal and everything's going to check out for you. Well, that's, that, that, that's basically like giving you a, uh, you know, sending you out on a hike with no roadmap and going, yeah, it's over there. Yeah, you'll find it. Just, uh, yeah, just, just hang a left over there and keep going and uh, you'll be all right. Like that doesn't tell anybody how to get where they're going. So in order to find what you're looking for, you know, there are, you have to get, collect some of the data that you're going to need to build a plan that's going to be the best for you. Yep. 
And that's such a great metaphor. That really, that, is, that truly is like kind of what it feels like, right? You leave the hospital and they're like, oh, you know, yeah, here's the, here's the trailhead. Cool, go forth. And then you're like, I'm sorry, what? I'm just supposed to walk in this direction and everything's going to be fine. I mean, like, oh my God, it's terrifying, right? Yeah. Well, the other thing that you said, Rob, that really, I've never thought of it that, that way, but you said, for, you know, you kind of changed your, your thinking. And I know that we'll get into this when we really start, start deep diving into the topics, but you had to kind of dehumanize food and look at it from strictly a nutritional standpoint, like just simply numbers, like in out data. I would have so, never in a million years thought about that. Holy shit. <laughs> so I think one of the things um, that I've worked with my therapist over the last five years is to realize how much I use food uh, to self-soothe. And that I really did have a deep psychological connection with the emotion of what purpose food was. Food was not just uh, fuel when I started this process. Fuel was uh, comfort. Fuel was acceptance. Uh, you know, food was uh, never talked back to me. It, it served so many different purposes. And one of the big things for me was realizing that it really wasn't giving me the right answers. And one of the things I also started tracking was going through my finances through a uh, doing Dave Ramsey's Every Dollar program. So it was one of those that I realized I used food and money uh, both in the same way and took a really immature approach to it, that I justified my actions by saying, yes, I do work a very busy and stressful job. I deserve to eat, you know, 3,500 calories a day. Or yes, I, you know, do make this money. I should be able to spend it just as well. And when I realized it's just a very immature lashing out that I was doing and really said, am I building myself up for future success? I realized I had to change almost everything I had to do right off the bat. And one of the big things that really helped me with that was uh, when I started tracking my money, I realized back when I was 365 pounds and started this process, I was spending $700 a month on fast casual. 700 a month. That meant not, and that's not just like, hey, I'm taking the family out to Chili's for like dinner because I don't feel like cooking. That's, I'm eating something like Chili's in between lunch and dinner. I pretty much was the poster boy for Taco Bell's fifth meal in the sense that I would have a fifth and maybe a seventh somewhere if I could sneak it my way through. And God bless my wife. Uh, when we did our first month's budget, I flat out had to say like, I'm really ashamed of this, but I'm spending $700 a month in food. And she she outright supported me through the whole process and said that there's nothing to feel shame of. You admitted something that was really difficult and we're going to work through this together. And uh, part of that process was uh, she bought me, because uh, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, I had a little Boba Fett piggy bank. And every time that I beat a uh, urge to eat fast food or something, I would withdraw $10 cash, put it into the Boba Fett piggy bank, uh, and then slowly I realized I had like uh, $500 the first month. And some of you might say, hey, that means there's $200 to still spend on fast food. And I'd say, yeah, there was, but that was $500 less. And that $500 went to buy my first treadmill. That next $500 went for the padding for the home gym. You're literally in the basement right now that has built a home office, a standing freezer, a home gym, a pantry. I'm literally living in the house of McDonald's. Uh, that I've completely changed and turned into my own thing. And that came from tracking my food and my finances and realizing if I want to get serious about where I want to go, I have to put the things in front of me that are going to get me there. Well, and a, a powerful thing that you're talking about that, that really, I know for me, I never connected the two, and I don't think April did either, with the, the finances and things that let you know it goes so much deeper and farther than food. 
It's the relationship that you had with your wife, that she was there enough to know that you did admit a very huge thing. And the fact that it's a financial situation and the fact that, you know, it's your health, that you're all these things. Now you've taken, you know, with your wife's understanding and the way that you've been able to scale that back, you have the money to be able to buy the treadmill, the flooring and done that. So you've redone your basement, which is also, you know, something that your family can use as well that benefits everybody in your household. So where at first you were taking that away from your household, you've now found a way to turn it around and give it back to them tenfold in all the ways that you've been doing that. So those are huge. And most people don't realize that our actions go above and beyond just our relationship with food and what it does to our bodies. And it also makes you realize how much of your relationship as having a family has to do with how are you feeding and fueling them. Um, One of the things that I started to do that really also helped was, uh, you know, I don't have a fancy cookbook. I just have the internet. Um, And I have the spam mail that comes from Men's Health. And just from using my Google Drive, I started to collect whenever they had like 50 family-friendly meals under 500 calories a serving, I would start to collect and log those and we'd just throw it through the ringer every year. Uh, I'd collect about 30 to 40 and then summer was like the new test kitchen where it would be, hey, we're going to try this meal as a family. Three out of four have to agree that they like it. And if it hits the three out of the four level and it hits the calories, uh, it stays on the menu. If it doesn't, it gets chucked. And from three years of that, we have about three months worth of different meals each day that gets planned out. And each one's under 400 calories. Uh, none of them are my original recipes. So whenever anyone says, oh, this looks delicious. I'm like, yeah, just Google this. And it comes up at like eight ways over. Uh, but you know, it's from the, doing that small process of working your family into it and making it part of the process really made it easy for all of us to start making healthier choices around our plate. Dude, I'm just, wow. I'm blown away literally i think rob has a calendar for his meals that goes out well what is it six months six months out so we can play a fun game and we'll do this april's going to be like wow this is teacher level um this is what happens when a teacher gets a google calendar in a long pd day so i actually map out uh a formula for all of my meals for my family and it just follows a very simple thing i know april right now for those of you who are just listening on the podcast april has fallen out of her chair uh she's coming to she's coming to yes there she is all right but uh yeah so what so what's on the menu may 15th for dinner may 15th let's go so i have i did the the men support monday all the time this is the stupid pet tricks we do in men's sport. Everyone asks, what do we do in men's sport? We count macros and we see what Rob's eating for May 15th. May 15th is a Sunday. So in true Italian fashion, that's going to be that's the gravy last day. Bit. Yeah, it's lasagna or Sunday gravy. So, you know, that's the deal. But uh, if you want to know, just so I can f- finish this, uh, Monday the 16th will be Vietnamese pork chops. Tuesday is always Taco Tuesday. Wednesday is a freezer re- raid because we clean out the freezer of all the meals that I didn't have to use for snow days. Uh, Thursday will be chicken cutlets. And then Friday is pizza night, which we'll do out on the grill. And then Saturday is healthy style chicken cheesesteak. So ba-bam, that's like a week in my life. And what it never, it never make- comes around again. It's like months before the, before it rotates around again. Yes. So the beauty is if one of my family members doesn't like meal, they only have to have it four times a month. So think about that now. If you're dieting or if you're tracking and you had to eat a meal that was healthy, but you didn't necessarily like it. And I told you you had to eat that every day for three months. You'd flip the table over and say, I'm out. 
But what if I told you you only had to eat one meal a week that was completely super healthy and lean and you didn't have to do it again for another three months? You might be able to do that. So by finding a balance and working that and by tracking it, you can make a plan for a meal. You can buy your items in bulk and freeze. You can put pantry items together. So I'm actually saving. Our grocery bill is under 500 a month. Uh, you know, so I'm spending less cooking at home delicious meals than what I used to spend to get Arby's. Like, and it's not even that good. So from planning and tracking and doing everything, I'm not only saving money, I'm building family relationships. Our family is sitting down at the table. Uh, and thanks, G Suite. I actually know the exact time that dinner is because I can build it around the family calendar. And by tracking what my family does, I also know if I have a night where we have to get the kids to karate and dance, that's not the night to try some new fancy audacious meal. That's the day where it's, hey, that's Taco Tuesday. You know, you build your meals that work your schedule, but you don't know that if you don't plan it. And one of the beauties of tracking is if you know you have a busy schedule day, you can track in advance and make sure you build that day for success. I spent $430 yesterday at Costco. And it's my husband, myself, and that 13-pound Flufferton. Yeah. How the flip? I feel like, I, have I slept? Is this like, am I still on planet Earth? I This is like a third, fifth, eighth dimension. What? And I've known you for like, a, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I try not to open the Ark of the Covenant that is like my yeah. OCD planning because every time it does, it melts somebody's face. There's no time that I go on a Zoom meeting and share that, that someone just doesn't go, wow, that freezer probably has a body behind it right now. For the record, there is no body, but there are delicious meals. Uh, and then we'll, we'll play this game. So look at this. I'm coming off, so I can't hear you. I'm taking the mics off, people. Okay. I, I don't understand how I didn't know that, but I mean, I'm literally just like, yeah, you can let us in on that on Mensa. Yeah, see, and it's all packaged and ready to go. So, so these are for snow days. Is I've portioned out four servings of jambalaya. Uh, this is another gumbo dish that's all under 400 calories, another gumbo. Uh, but here's a great example. Thursday was St. Patrick's Day, uh, you know, traditional corned beef and cabbage. Uh, but we have karate, we have dance class, we have eye tutor on the side because, you know, uh, as teachers, if you don't work three jobs, you're not really making your full salary. Um, but the real deal is uh, we just, we don't have time to cook on that Thursday. So here is Irish stew that we can defrost. And we had the other batch one night and then here's another. So we get into out of the winter time, we can defrost these meals and keep going and save room for our summer home. I April am... has again fallen off the floor for those of you who aren't watching the YouTube. Uh, we're going to cut this up and do some really great highlight clips uh, for America's Funniest Home Videos. So if Rob says the darndest things and April falls over. Yes, so. April's not top 10. Jason's like, yeah, I've seen this before. It, it, it's, it's the one trick pony show, but it works. Oh, yeah. but hold yeah, on a second. Yeah. You guys can talk while I take the uh, headphones off again. I mean, I just, I can't. I mean, I have a difficult time running my own life and I have no kids. I work from home, you know, like I get like, we're all busy, but that is just like next level. But it, oh well, and we talked about it at length when we were, when he, you know, when he first let us into it on Men's Support Monday, but it's, it's kind of the, the front loading the time that it takes you 
to save you the time in the end. So you have a couple mm -hmm. of days where you lose that, you know, the upfront time because you have to plan it all. You have to cook it all. You have to do all that. You have to prep it and cook it and store it. But if you think about it in the long run for the amount of time that you're going to save and have meals set up for you for like a month or plus to come, everything is super easy to just remember to grab one, toss it out and you're ready to go when you get home. So. So think of it as like ounce of prevention, pound of cure. And this is where tracking can kind of kind of break the stereotype that we think of, hey, it's a boiled chicken breast, it's broccoli in a plastic container, and by Thursday, it tastes kind of weird. The idea of this for me came from when do we have time as teachers, at least for us, it's the summertime. So if I can map out and make a plan of everything that I'm going to cook, and then when we get through the, the grueling bit of September, uh, when we get to those colder fall Saturdays. Well, if you're making chili, you, you got to cook chili the same way for one cup as you do 16 cups. So why not make four extra servings of it, freeze it into perfect portions so that my family knows it's a cup for each person that's an adult, half a cup for everyone that's a child. And that still leaves one extra cup to be a lunch for either me or my wife to take the dinner to take out for that. So if you're cooking all that and building it and you have the freezer space, you're just bulk loading time so that when we get to this point of the year, which I love my job and I love the kids, but I'm getting tired of cooking. So if I have a tiresome day, I can outright just pull it out and boom, there you go. Well, and you've already, you already know the macros basically of that meal, exactly. right? Because you, because you've already figured it out. So, you know, this is 400 calories, this, right? This fits within my day and it's done. So you're not thinking about that. Well, it's kind of like what we always say, right? Sometimes we have to slow down to go fast, right? Yeah, I just and go fast you, and it slows down time for me. And that, that's, yeah. it's, I go the exact opposite. So, you know, well, just shows, uh, you can do it either way, but let, let's go there real quick. And the idea of, okay, now I completely lost my train of thought. So Jason, you go and say what you were going to say. So I was just going to say another thing that you do that that I thought was great for me is you build in additional macros into your day so that if something comes up and you know you want an extra, like if, if donuts pop up in the break room or cookies pop up at the house or something happens, you know you've got a cushion to be able to have a singular donut or a singular cookie or two, depending on what the, you know, what the calorie count on the cookies are because you've built a cushion into your day by also having your other macros nailed down so tightly, you know you have that extra bit built in. So those things don't just completely derail your day. So basically every day that you count your macros and do your and build your plan, you're planning, you're having a planned eating event. Even if you don't have one, that's just extra calories. You just, you know, you've got the bank. Exactly. So it just works like any other budget. You can't really spend money that you don't know if you have. So you have to be able to build your bank. And now, Jason, you also reminded me uh, what we have. The big thing that I always hear uh, from people is I don't have time to track. I don't have time to put everything into a fitness tracker. And again, it goes down to the best success that I can tell you is you have to really start looking at your calendar and finding the time that works for you and doing it. So for me, that sometimes is Sunday afternoons now that the NFL is gone. Uh, and that's really a time for me to say, okay, if I'm having those, uh, 
you know, uh, pork chops that night, what's the recipe look like? Okay, let me punch in everything, make the recipe builder, and then save the macros for that. And what I found is after tracking for about three years, uh, if you're doing the same recipes or the same types of recipes and you're getting them from a men's health, a women's health.com is great. Food Network, when they do their healthy dishes, they all seem to follow this level that hits four to 500 calories per serving at the top, anywhere from 19 to 25 grams of protein. And then the carbs are where it gets a little, depending on what it is. But if you can start building those things in and you're building staple items and you're just saving them into your tracker, then if you look, I save anything that I cook myself in as Demetrio Kitchen. There, that's finally solves the D and Rob D is, uh, yeah, that nice Irish name for St. Patrick's Day, Demetrio. Uh, but anyway, anyway, the whole idea is I save it as Demetrio Kitchen. So then when I search, I can just put in pork chop and then brand Demetrio and it comes up, here's my four or five pork chop recipes. So when everyone says, oh, it takes like an hour for me to track, it's like, yeah, it might the first time, but if you do it the right way and prep it, it takes me about 15 uh, minutes to get everything tracked for a day. And really it takes closer to five, but I say 15 so I don't freak out anymore. But you get into these rhythms, it makes for your day to be planned and ready to go. Well, I mean, this, this morning and last night, I, I, I really wanted a late night snack. I was hungry. Anyways, I bought some crackers at Costco and I bought some dip and I, and just something in the back of my brain was like, I mean, the bag says keto, low carb, blah, blah, blah. And this is just a dip, but I wonder like how much this really is. It, it really took me like three minutes to figure out what the macros were for that. And it was over a 300 calorie snack. And I was like, oh my God, I have been doing this consistently for the past few months and the scale just keeps creeping up and up and up and I just feel grosser and grosser and grosser and I was like oh my god I have been eating my way to this level of discomfort but I was reading those bags and I was my brain was just thinking like oh it's keto or oh it's low carb so it just magically doesn't count and it was just like you got to be kidding me. And the other thing that that really helped solidify for me, it's like, I've been spending so much time freaking out, worrying, stressing over tracking, because I think it's going to take so much time. But then when you actually, when I actually did it, it takes no time at all. I mean, I tracked my breakfast sandwich today. Again, it took me like a minute, even, I even weighed the flipping piece of bread. And it still took me a minute to figure it out and enter it into my, to my tracker. Here's the thing, April, are you making your own bread? No, I literally scanned the label yeah. and waited. Yeah, you're doing the that same thing that I used to do when I worked at a Dollar Tree. You're just running a barcode over with the scanner. So, yeah. you know, for me, it's, you know, the benefits of Costco, if you're not doing home, uh, home-cooked home meals every now and then, is everything has to have a barcode. So just punch it in and see what happens. And yeah. there's been times where I go shopping up and down the aisles. I'll put it into my scanner and see how that would affect my day. And it's like, oh, this this serving will put me over no matter what I do on a super lean day. It doesn't make it into the cart. And that's a nice way that I, if you build in advance your tracker the night before of what you're eating tomorrow, you can kind of get an idea what Jason and me talk about is when I go into the break room and there's Dunkin' Donuts or Philly soft pretzels, I know the exact amount I can eat and know that I'm still in my zone of calories. And by having that walking around bag, it really helped remove the guilt I would have of eating some of those things. Oh, okay, okay. 
holy bananas. I am like blown away. I had no idea that this was how you did it. I just, I, I didn't know. I mean, I knew that you were tracking, you know, you like tracking and you were pretty fastidious about it, but I didn't know that it went to this level, but seeing the success that you have had really helps me understand that that front front loading that work is worth it because you're yes it's work on the front end but it it really takes the stress and it lowers the temperature on the back end preparation gives a pound of cure and one of the things i realized with therapy is i just i don't know if there's a term for it but i get very anxious if i don't know what i'm eating next and that let, brings up my anxiety. And because I don't know what I'm eating next, whenever I do see food, you'd think that was the last donut on earth, even though I know Duncan probably has a billion more that are coming out of the conveyor belt. But when it's in front of me, I assume that's the last time they're ever going to make a coffee roll. Well, when you have an idea of what you're doing in advance, it allows you to know that, yeah, you can have this or say, you know what? I have an amazing snack that I'm having in two hours. I really enjoy the hummus and the bell pepper that I'm going to have. So I know I'm good. And by packing that bag and having it advance, it helps on days where I'm either chaperoning after school and I'm putting in an 18 hour day, or I'm just moving about where I do see things is I have that choice. And it really yeah. does help you get the feel of this is what I'm doing. Oh, Jason, do you feel like that? Cause I, I'll get like that too. If I'm not, if I don't know what I'm eating next, my panic level kind of like rises. It's just that old programming. Yeah, I'm the same way too, because like what I had talked about before, if I don't have a healthy option, I'm going to go try to seek out the unhealthy option because it never lets me down in a way, uh, except for, you know, every other way, every other important way in life, it destroys my, you know, my metabolism, it wrecks my, you know, it, it wrecks my body on a health level and, you know, all the things. But as far as, you know, the light being on a Krispy Kreme or Taco Bell drive-thru being, you know, always available, like it's, it's one of those things that it never, it, it's always going to be there. Like it doesn't let you down, like, you know, friends, family, whatever else, you know, things may come and go. You may have all your problems, but Taco Bell's always there to make it better. Or, De you know, death, death taxes and the cheesy gradita crunch, right? Those are the three guarantees yeah. in life. Yeah, double decker tacos always there to make you make you smile. But it's just one of those things that you know it's building in the healthier option is always going to be a better play because at the end of the day, like Rob says with his hummus shovel that he calls his peppers, you know, it, it used to be chips and now it's peppers. Like it's you can make the healthier alternative because at the end of the day, it is a hummus shovel. That's what you're there for. You're there to scoop the hummus in and bell peppers do it just as good as chips do. And I think it's important to know that like, I don't want anyone to think I'm just sitting in my basement eating off of freezer meals the whole time. Uh, to give you an idea prepper. that like you're, yeah. like you're one of those weird preppers that just like stacks all yes. these dry meals in the bottom, thinks the end is near. <laughs> you're, you're listening to Barry Nation with a man in his basement who hasn't left in four years after weight loss surgery. But no, um, in all seriousness, though, uh, like tomorrow, I'm going to have a Panzerati, which for those of you who don't live in the Philadelphia, South Jersey area, it's imagine a pizza, imagine folding it in half, adding more cheese into it, and then deep frying it. I'm not not eating that. Yeah, I know. April just made the face. She's falling out of her chair again, people. That's four for those of you scoring at home. When, when uh, can you pick me up at the airport tomorrow? 
I, I told exactly. you, Mar March is a terrible month. Uh, we hit this one week where it's actually like 60 degrees. Uh, everyone loses their dang mind, tries to start their barbecues uh, and runs their air conditioners. <laughs> and then tomorrow it's going to be 40 degrees and raining. So it's like, if I told Jason, hey, get on a plane, it's going to be beautiful weather and bring your jorts. You know, you're going to get here and you're going to freeze your knees off. So <laughs> I mean, I've got a sweater, Rob. I've, I've, I went to Ohio with a sweater. So for, for deep fried pizza, I'm, I'll, I'll rock a sweater. I'm yeah, just... they, and in true uh, cheap fashion on my part, it's the only reason we're having it tomorrow is on Mondays, the place near us has it for $2.34 a serving. So I'll feed my whole family for less than $15. So it's like, hey, I'm getting to eat what I want. I'm doing it under budget. And are my calories whack tomorrow? At dinner, they are. But that also means that like I kind of eat super leaner throughout the day and I build my protein ahead of time so that I'm staying full on the leanest way possible. So that when I get to that Panzerati, there is no guilt other than the fact that when I take the second half of my dogs, it's okay. Well, though. I make eye contact when I, when I eat it in front of her and say, yeah, I had weight loss surgery and I'm eating your serving too. You will never see the plate on my uh, Instagram account. It's like, I only ate three bites. It's like, no, that plate's white. That plate is clean. You can see the lick marks going across it. Like he got, uh, he got all of the serving. I was going to say, that's how you know, right? When you can see the streaks from the tongue, right? Yeah, that's why I never show the before and after of like what I ate. It's like, oh, look, the bottom of the plate again. <laughs> you know, but what I really appreciate about that, Rob, is that really it sounds like you you track in a lot of different ways, right? You're so using many. so many ways, right? You're using an application, a program. You're doing forward, like future tracking. You're doing like bulk tracking, like I'm going to track my whole day, you know, in one sitting. But then you're also doing kind of like that, you know, the, the, the mental tracking, like, okay, I know that I'm going to be enjoying this meal later on today. So I'm going to, to be really lean with my eating in the morning and, and afternoon. And I'm, I'm planning that way. So it's like, you're using all of these different tools when you need them to best fit the scenario, which is allowed. Diversify, and I think diversify your portfolio. The more colors you use on that palette, the better the picture looks. And it's one of those of, uh, you know, from using a diverse group, it keeps us out of that standard issue that so many of us failed before of eating a piece of boiled chicken every day for 365 days just isn't sustainable. But if you yeah. have a plan, you build it in and you balance it, you can really get these amazing results while still feeling like you're getting to eat everything that you want in proper portion moderation. Well, and it also saves you from that all or nothing mindset, right? Because if you commit to like, I'm only going to track this one way, well, then as soon as you miss that first, you know, instance of tracking, then you're like, oh, well, I screwed it up. Like, oh, I'm never going to get this right. Oh, there's no point in doing this. But what you're doing is you're saying, I actually have this like arsenal of tracking tools that I use and have proven to be successful. So if this one way all of a sudden isn't serving me or, oh, that didn't work out or oops, something is just right. There's a lot of friction there. I can move to another way of tracking that is still helping me accomplish my goals and doesn't allow me to get into that all or nothing thinking. That's powerful. And I think also it helps you build the rhythms and routines of what you eat, what works for you and how your calories work. Uh, for me, um, just so we're clear, I don't track every day at this point. You know, I'm, I'm in nine months of maintenance, uh, but this really helped me early on during weight loss. And uh, once I started to plateau, I realized I kind of have the same breakfast every day. 
I kind of have roughly the same lunch, but even within my lunch and my breakfast, based on how I season my meal, I can eat the same thing with five different seasonings on the vegetable, five different seasoning on the protein, and you know, two or three different seasonings on the rice at zero calories. And I'm essentially eating the same thing tracked, but five different ways. And if you have enough uh, you know, flavor things, you can really have the same type of meal seasoned 20 different ways with 20 yeah. different sides and 20 different uh, add-ons. Mm-hmm. Jason, you're the master of that, I think, when it comes to like barbecue and veggie prep and that is like your bread and butter is the seasoning, really. Yeah, because I'll do, uh, like Rob and I talk about that too, because I'll go buy like a family pack of thighs and I'll just, I'll, I'll quarter it up and I'll do some on the smoker, I'll do some on the grill, I'll do some in the oven, I'll do some in the crock pot, it just depends. Uh, I did uh, some the other day in the air fryer and those turned out absolutely amazing because it's the same way I do my wings. So I seasoned them the same way I did wings and just had, you know, like five giant boneless wings. It was pretty fantastic. Yeah, right. they're not they're not inventing a new body part on a chicken. Like there, there's only like yeah. four or five <laughs> options. So you gotta find ways to season that thing. And if there is a new body part in the chicken, let someone else eat it for the first couple of years and see what happens. Yeah, I will right. not be the guinea pig for that one. You you can keep that. Um, yeah. but no, like for me, I, I used to be a huge, I would just get chicken breasts and just eat them, but they, you know, everybody knows they're super dry and I just can't. So I've adjusted to thighs because thighs are, you know, the most, the best thing ever because they stay juicy even on day five when it's time to heat them up again and do it. But, you know, if you switch them out like I do and, and kind of mix and match like that, it just makes it easier, like Rob said, to not get, you know, just, you just don't get bored with the palate. It just, it mm-hmm. switches it up, makes it better, makes it more sustainable because nobody wants to eat boiled chicken. Every day. No. So, Rob, what, what do you do when you are, or, you know, frustrated with tracking or you feel like, oh, I've fallen off? Like, what is your, what, what are kind of your, your go-to techniques or things that you do to get back on track? Just, just look at the before picture. In the simplest thing is, uh, you know, I made a promise to myself. I'm not going back to that. I, I'm, I, I had trouble tying my shoes. I was told, essentially, that I was burning out a CPAP machine. Uh, that essentially I would just go to bed and not wake up. I, I, I don't want to ever have to look at my wife and kids and tell them that my choices led to that. So every day it's a street fight for it. Uh, there's days I don't want to plan. There's days that I loathe tracking. There's days that I eat off point. And the problem with tracking is the numbers don't lie. Sometimes for me, it really helps for me to journal it so that I can own it in that day. Uh, and one of the things I take, uh, from Tony Dungy, he used to coach uh, football for the Colts, is if you have a good day or you have a bad day, just celebrate it for 24 hours and then move on. So there's days where I, I eat off point or I eat hot garbage and I put it in. And at least then that shows me in the data of that spike is why I feel bad the next day. Uh, there's days where I do really good on my step goal and I go above and beyond. And then by my fourth day, it's like, well, why did my legs feel like jello? It's like, well, you went over your step goal by how many for the following days? The numbers don't lie on that. And the more truthful you are with the numbers, the more you're going to be good with yourself. So, yeah, I think for me, it's just, yeah, it's that idea that, you know, your numbers are your numbers. It's no one else's. So on the days you don't want to do it, you don't have to share it. You know, you don't have to put on social media, but you should be sharing with yourself just so you have an idea of where you're at. And 
to me, I would have never known how bad I was if I didn't know I was eating 6,500 calories on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Not combined, like 6,500 Friday, a fresh 6,500 Saturday, a fresh 6,500 Sunday. So the more honest you are with yourself with the process, and yeah, you might not like the numbers, but the numbers are going to tell you what you need to do and how you need to improve. Yeah. And I think that's why not tracking feels so comfortable for so many of us because we, we never really did it, right? It, it is much more comforting to, to wonder than to know. If I didn't put it in my cell phone, it didn't happen, right? Whether it's a picture on a beautiful beach or, uh, you know, eight handfuls of Cheez-Its. Either way, right. uh, if you don't have proof of it, it didn't really happen. So yeah. for me, it really made me realize like, oh, look at this. I started to gain about 700 calories in dumb slider foods. And when I say dumb slider foods, I mean, it's that handful of pretzels that we don't check. It's the crusts off my kids' breads when I'm making them lunch. Stuff that I'm not even enjoying, but I'm eating because it's there. And the sooner I started to track that and realize like, oh, I'm eating the crusts in the worst part of the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I'm adding 200 calories for that. 200 calories, you can have almost any protein bar under the sun. And that protein bar can taste uh, like a mint chocolate cookie, a snickerdoodle. Uh, I don't get paid by any of these people. So I'm sure they, they're out there. But if they want to toss me anything, let me know. Um, mm -hmm. But seriously, it's all about realizing I'm burning my calories one way or another. What am I using yeah. for and what am I celebrating at the end of the day? Yeah, yeah. I, I, that really hit home for me late last night. I was like, oh my God, I'm spending 300 calories. Now, granted, the dip is delicious. Those crackers I could have right, taken or leaving it. And it's like, I just burned 300 calories on something that was like, okay. Yeah. Why? Two, two of my favorite things is uh, I get real nasty with it. I either, uh, with dips and stuff like that, I, I, I don't really like the cracker. No one's ever eaten a tortilla chip and said, man, this is delicious. Uh, bland tortilla chip. You know, there's a reason why you have to add ground beef, cheese, sauce, and 15 things to the tortilla chip to make it palatable. Don't have the tortilla chip. Just have yeah. nonchos. And the beauty is after weight loss surgery, you can kind of do it judgment-free and tell you, this is my surgery process. I can't have the chip. I just eat the, I just eat the top part of the nacho. <laughs> You know, and you, you get looks, but you get to enjoy it just as much. Or, you know, me and Jason always joke uh, when you're eating hummus, uh, you know, you really don't like the cracker. Just take a bell pepper and use it as a hummus shovel. And you can mm -hmm. scoop as much as you want on that. And, you know, at about a tablespoon of 45 calories, the bell pepper is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I'm just like, I'm blown away. There's so, you threw so much at us that I just am having a real hard time wrapping my brain around it. Most people say that about me, yes. <laughs> Boy, does he ever stop? Well, it's, it's a lot of information, but it's it's extremely poignant and valid information that we need because I know for myself, you and I have talked about that, Rob. I don't, I never did like to track and still don't like to track because I don't want it. I don't want to know. I, I know because I know that the little things that we, you know, that I'm not doing right on a daily basis are catching up and they're going to be wow. more often than not. And when I really start putting the percentages to it, that, you know, where we all talk about it being a balance and it's going to be this, the data is going to show that the balance is going the wrong way. And I'm going to be slipping a little more than I would normally be doing. And if I was really following my, you know, the goal strictly like I'm supposed to be, you know, 
there would be a lot different, you know, feeling, a lot different number. My clothes would fit a lot different. And those are just things that I, you know, that I'm not ready to, or wasn't ready to, you know, to face. And these are the things that you really have to have that honest, hard conversation with yourself, much like we did before we had the surgery and say, you know, we know that there's something wrong. How are we going to fix it? What do we do from here? How do we build, you know, it's, it's about needing to get up the steps, but there are no steps. We got to build the steps. So you take the data, you get the tools, you build the steps and you get up where you need to be. That's, I mean, and that's legitimately what I'm doing. Like I need to tell you, I've got the tools. Now I just need to build the damn steps. And that's going to come with the data I get from tracking. That's, that's where it's going to come from. That, yeah. that also helped me realize uh, just in simple ways when you look at the numbers, it can be as simple as why am I so hungry at three o'clock in the afternoon? Well, it's like, well, if I look at it, I'm, I'm low on my carb intake by then because I'm protein heavy. Uh, I'm hitting second wind and then being able to build your snacks around what macros you kind of need to fill to hit your goals means that now when, before that ravenous three o'clock hunger comes, eat a protein filled or carb heavy or fiber heavy snack at three o'clock. It's, mm -hmm. it's simple math and science and looking at the data and looking at the actions, it takes it and just makes it as a number game. Yeah. So Rob, how did, how did you figure out what your macro goals are? Did you, have you worked with or did you work with a nutritionist to kind of, because you're also a very active individual. You're working out hardcore in the mornings, like you're getting in those steps. You've got a lot of stuff going on. So how did you get to your numbers? So the, the best advice I would give to anyone who's starting is really talk with your bariatric program. Um, I was really lucky. Uh, all I hear is horror stories about bariatric programs. Mine was phenomenal. Uh, checks up on me all the time um, and does everything. But I kind of gave them the vision of this is what I want my life to look like after surgery. How are we going to get there? And I don't think you, they get asked that question a lot. And it's one that I wish we really got better at normalizing through this process is really at the pre-op stage, but also after surgery. This is the vision of what my life wants to be. How do we get there? And that starts with a process of telling them, I want to be able to do a 5 a.m. workout five days a week, and I want to be able to hit my step goal every day. How am I going to get there? They're, they give me the standard issue at first of, hey, 1,100 calories, uh, 80 grams of protein, and just focus on that. And for me then being able to say, look, I've done that. It's not working. You know, what else do I have to do? By giving them the baseline data to bring back and saying, your plan isn't working or this is what needs to be tweaked. They're saying, well, from looking at your numbers, your carbs probably need to be increased at this level. Your fiber could probably use some help with that. And then really working with a nutrition coach, uh, Jim Moore, who uh, has his own site on Instagram and everything has done phenomenal work with me uh, because he's really helped me break my habits of, hey, we got to hit protein. Uh, you know what has that? Bacon. Bacon is protein. So let me eat that. And he's like, you realize your fat's over like 180 grams and you're not even at lunch yet. He's like, how much bacon are you eating? And I said, more than it's possible for a, a VSG patient in 18 months. But it's trial and error. I, I didn't get this right on the first try. I still screw up things all the way through. I'm still going to be screwing things up four years from now. Um, mm -hmm. I still really like soft pretzels and really it's just a car bomb. And I, you know, good, bad, ugly. I still track it. I log it and I learn from it. But that's, but, but that mindset shift is powerful because you have built your nutrition 
to accommodate that. That's how you want to live. That's what you want to enjoy. And by saying like, well, here's what I want to accomplish. Here's what I want to eat. Here's what I want to enjoy every now and then. You've figured out a nutritional plan that fits your life goals, that fits your lifestyle and how you want to live, which is the whole goal of all of this, right? Like, I don't ever want to not want to have wine and Cheetos and cheesecake ever again. Indeed, all of the above. Is that an option, right? But, you know, I I think that, you know, we have so many different stories in the weight loss community, but I think the one thing that we all agree in is somewhere when we started, we envisioned a better life than what we had that day we started our process. And the sooner you realize that in order to take that dream and make it a reality, you have to have a plan that you were driving towards. And the more people you share with it, the more people on your bariatric team know it, the more they can help you build it. So just keep building and working. Wow. Well, and the beauty of the tra- of, of this type of tracking over something that like, you know, we hear people say they were, you know, thrown into Weight Watchers at nine years old and, you know, they were militantly tracked and those types of, you had to turn in a tracker to somebody that they could grade and say that you did good here or bad here. The beauty of this type of tracking is, is you're accountable to yourself, be it. If you want to share it with others, you have the ability but you are not required to do that. So this is legitimate data for your eyes only if you want it to be that way. So where in the past tracking may trigger you and it may be a horrible situation that you're coming from, this is also a way that you can break the stigma in your own mind of tracking and do it for what it's actually intended for, which is not to shame you, which is not to ridicule you. It's legitimately to get the data needed to build a better pathway for you moving forward so that this is a more successful journey. And as a history teacher, I will say, uh, you know, we got to cite our sources. Two amazing resources that you both provided came from two of my favorite people from when I used to do my uh, Men's Sport Monday on Instagram Live. Uh, Sam's episode and Dietitian Dad both show a way of how to almost, I say non-track, where it's more of building a bariatric plate method. And I really think it's important that, you know, when we think tracking, some of you have heard everything I said and said, shut the Ark of the Covenant. My face is melted. I'm done, like tapping out onto the next episode. You know, let's let's get some good people on that aren't a guy in his basement at seven o'clock at night. Uh, but the main deal is, Uh, you know, just building your plate the right way. And those two episodes really show an awesome way that it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be sitting by your phone logging numbers. It's just how do you look at your plate and how do you build your plate for success can be just as simple as that. I'm sorry I cut you off of that, Jason, but I lose these trains thoughts because they just come and go. That's 100% right, though, because we talk about this all the time. Just like your journey will not look the same as someone else's journey, your tracking method or what you track may not look the same as somebody else's deal because you may be nailing your protein. Go your, your macros may be on point. You may not even need to track those because you've got that link, but you also may need to track your water. You may need to get a better, you know, a better setup for your vitamins. You may need to, you know, switch up the way you take your vitamins because they may not be making you feel as optimal as you would. I know some people depending on the, you know, depending on the order they take them in and make them feel nauseous or what time of day they take them. So there are certain things about the journey that can be tracked that don't have to be, 
you know, your protein, your, your macro tracking is one facet of it, but you may need to track your water intake. You may need to track your vitamins. You may need to track your, just your calories. It just depends. It can look different for someone than it's going to look for anybody else. And that's okay. That doesn't mean you're doing it right or wrong. It just means you're tracking different data because you have other data. You know, you already have the data you need for the others. And, and here's the, the one that nobody tracks enough and doesn't think enough about, but really comes back to where I started my whole process on a CPAP machine. Tracking your sleep is probably the one thing we never talk about or address, but when you're losing sleep or not getting good quality sleep, it causes your body to go into this. And again, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV. I'm a dude in my basement. But, you know, like there's people much smarter than me that will tell you the effects that sleep has on your hunger levels, what you do with your eating, how your workouts are fueled. And it's something that, uh, you know, in order for me to do those 5 a.m. Uh, workouts, I have to be in bed by nine. So you can just yeah. track sleep, people. Yeah. Oh my God. Rob, is there, is there one thing that you think every bariatric patient should maybe consider or think about when it comes to tracking? So uh, I, I have a, a little quote or foibleism for you uh, in Demedia Weems. Uh, you know, a goal is a dream with a finish line, but if you don't know where that line is, you can't move towards it. So Throughout this process, you know, hopefully if you're still listening to this, good job by you. Um, but also uh, just get clear with your goal and find the best way to do it. But the best way for me was to figure out how am I doing and putting in the things to make me successful and get me towards that goal. I, I just, every time I talk with you, both of us, well, Jason, not so much, but I, I just, I'm blown away. I'm absolutely blown away by how you have chosen to move towards your bariatric goal. And I'm just so thankful that you're so open and you're so honest and you're so encouraging. And, you know, you, you, there's a lot of humility in what you do. And I'm just so thankful that, that you're a part of this community. I'm so thankful that you are a moderator of Barry Nation. And I'm just thank, so thankful to, to be able to call you a friend because, yeah, there's a lot you have to offer to this community, and we're just so thankful that, that you are there to, to share it. And, and thank you, too, because Barry Nation was there when I was still at 300 pounds a month post-op and falling on a treadmill, so. Dude, those are the good old days. That really was. Remember that, Jason? It's like, oh, is Rob going to biff it? Is he going to biff it? It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Back in the olden days when we used to track by candlelight and you had to go uphill both ways to hit your protein goals in the snow with no shoes. Yes. Now those those were the, the beautiful days. Rob, Rob and I have, have come very close in the time that we've uh, known each other out here. He's been there for me on more, occasion, more occasions than I can count. And I appreciate Stop. it. Stop. The, man, the man showed me how to make sure a slip didn't become a slide. So... Now that we have all the feels, uh, I guess we're at the end of our time. So. Rob, where, where can people follow you on Instagram? The internet. Uh, my weight is history. Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and it's underscore. It's my underscore weight underscore is underscore history. You guys should have exactly. how, how could I make it more complicated than I already right? did? So. I mean, come on, right? You, get, you gotta put effort to find me, people. Mm, just a little bit. But I, I pro we promise you, it is worth every 
second that you spend searching searching for Rob on, on Instagram. And if you'd like to spend more time with him, you can become a member of the Berry Nation community. He hosts Men's Support Meetup. Uh, he is going to be doing all kinds of things in Berry Nation. He either does or does not know this yet, but it's coming. Rob is an amazing human, and you should absolutely give him a follow. And if you message him, like, he responds because he's a real human, but not during working hours because he's, you know, working with kids. So, you know, you got that to remember. So after 9 Eastern, I'm asleep. But don't worry, you'll yeah. get it right at 5 a.m. when I'm up and ready to go for you. So <laughs> I'm officially that meme that goes around the internet. So, Dude, I've had, I've had Rob text me before at his 5 a.m. And it's 2 a.m. my time. And I'm like, I am going to murder you. But then he's like, what are you doing up? And I'm like, mm, touche, friend. Touche. <laughs> I'll do better than those buddy the elf. Hi, what's your favorite color questions? Right at like 2 a.m. your time. So. Right. <laughs> And then Probably Jason's like, well, it's 5 a.m. my time. It's just as awkward. Morning, Rob noon, and night, yeah, he's Rob that awkward I, on the internet. Rob and I share 5 a.m.s, but I will never see him at, his, at, at our 5 a.m. because I only have one 5 a.m. on my clock, and that's the feeling <laughs> side. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Rob, thank you again for joining us. We appreciate you and your time and all of your insights. Jason, my Thanks friend, you want to... Yeah, heck yeah. Well, you um, uh, there's like eight things that I wrote down on my notes that I would like uh, to have you back to talk on. So prepare yourself, my friends. Just prepare. All the invites are coming. All the calendars. This is the first of the 10 lost episodes that'll never get released on Paradation. <laughs> Somehow we have 37 hours of content from Rob. We found seven minutes that are usable. Most of them are awkward pauses, but he takes his headphones off to show us something. <laughs> Dude. Great content, okay. people. Good job. See you out there. Uh, Jason, my friend, you want to take us out? Yes, man. Rob, thanks again, buddy. We appreciate your, your, your time, your effort, your honesty, your wisdom, your knowledge. All of it is just profound, and we appreciate it very much. We thank you all for the likes, the shares, the subscribes, the support. All the things that you do to support us helps us turn around and support you guys. So it's very cyclical, and we love it. And uh, please continue to like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel, all the podcast players. You can leave us ratings, reviews. You can also leave us uh, voice messages on Anchor, which we can incorporate into future episodes. And we love to shout you guys out that way uh, and add you in so that you can become a part of what we do. That's always amazing. And if you're working out at 5 a.m. this month, make sure to tag me at The Smithsonian. Uh, I love to hear from you. Make sure you tag multiple posts, everything at The Smithsonian, a 5 a.m. workout crew. Let's make it a thing, people. Yes, because Rob, for some reason, has yet to remember that I turned the sound off on my phone. So you can tag me at anything you want, and I will see it when I get up promptly at 8.20 every morning on the Eastern Coast. Because I don't know, like I said, I only have one five on my phone. So, but just remember, at the end of the day, you've got this, we've got you, and we'll see you next time. Oh, God. Thanks, Rob. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.